Hello everyone, this is Sonali Mangal and welcome to another episode of Learn, Educate, Discover. On this podcast, we invite people from different professions on each of our episodes and we ask them a range of questions to try and understand what their job is all about. The goal of this podcast is to try and educate our listeners about as many different kind of jobs as we can so that someone listening to the show can decide does a certain job sound interesting to them and if yes, how do they go about exploring it further. Now, on today's episode, we'll be sharing someone's startup recruiting journey. And startups are gathering a lot of interest today. A lot of people want to work at startups, but it isn't always very clear how to go about the whole startup recruiting process. And so our guest today is Atif Naeem. He recently completed his MBA from the Kellogg School of Management, and he recently received an offer from Narvar, which is a Series B-funded e-commerce startup backed by some very well-known VCs such as Battery Ventures and Axel Partners. And he'll be sharing his journey on how he went about this entire process, the ups and downs, the kind of things that he did. So I think you'll learn a lot from this discussion. I hope you enjoy it. And with that, let's welcome Atif. Atif. Yeah, hi Sonali. Um, how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you getting back from work and uh, sort of diving into this right away. So thank you so much. Uh, of course, I'm actually really, really excited for this discussion because I think recruiting in general tends to be very hard. Uh, and I think startup recruiting in particular can be very hard because it's highly unstructured. It's very competitive, especially here in Bay Area. And I think product managing right. specifically tends to be even more competitive. So uh, thank you so much for sharing right. your experience with us because I think it will be helpful to a lot of people. No problem. Looking forward to sort of talk about my experience. And even if it can help a couple of individuals out there, I'll be really happy. <laughs> All right. So uh, before we dive into your journey, I just had a couple of rapid fire questions for you to set the stage. Sure. Go ahead. So uh, first of all, how long did the entire recruiting process last for you? So from the time you started thinking about, uh, you know, which companies to apply for till the time that you actually got this offer how long was that um sure uh, so i don't want to freak out people uh, out there but in my experience it does take some time in my case i started actively looking for jobs in january this year and i think i heard back from narwar in september so i think if you're looking for the right role in the right company it does take uh, some amount of time so right. just be ready folks <laughs> no, and, and the, your, these numbers, I think, are very consistent with a lot of numbers I've heard from other people. Uh, mm-hmm. That I think it can take time. I mean, in your experience, was startup recruiting, are startups generally pretty quick with their entire interview process? Or, or is it longer or shorter compared to large companies? I think with startups, uh, they're generally quick with their decision making because there are not a lot of layers to it. Uh, but the churn at the same time is pretty high. Uh, so what I mean by that is you would sort of blow through 10, 20 startups before you sort of meet the startup with the right role, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's much shorter recruitment cycle, but at the same time, uh, there are so many uh, startups that you go through that it ends up taking a lot of time. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, this is rapid fire. So I'm going to, instead of going deeper into what you said, let me first ask you my second rapid fire question. So uh, how many startups did you end up applying to? So just like just sending in your resume. Oh, wow. Uh, So that's an interesting question. 
I don't want you to judge me on this, but <laughs> I think I applied to more than 100 startups. Wow. Uh, okay. If, if that makes uh, sense. Yeah. No, that, no that's, that's uh, I do want to understand that number a little bit. That um, Was it 100? Because like, what was the rationale behind applying to so many companies? Right. Um, so I'm a big believer in sort of doing things that scale. Um, so <laughs> you wouldn't find me in a lot of networking mixers or sort of, um, you know, in a queue waiting to talk to people. So positions which might or might not open up. I really thought that, you know, if you sort of go on LinkedIn or Indeed and keep applying to positions, uh, it takes less amount of time. Plus you sort of actually go to people who have positions open uh, at that time, right? And I found this process pretty scalable in, in my experience. All it takes is a computer with an internet connection and you can keep applying. Okay. Um, I think the technology today sort of uh, lets the companies get in touch with people who they think are right for the job, depending on the keyword match, depending on um, contextual search. So I think it's 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 pretty important to sort of uh, apply to a large volume of companies because when you're sort of making a career transition, you end up hearing from 1% or 2% of them back. Yeah, so I mean, of these 100, how many got back to you? Um, again, I think about, I would say about 15. So, uh, I think out of those hundred, uh, more than hundred companies that I applied to, I think, uh, I reached out to a couple of companies through personal connections as well. Right. And those tend to be very effective. But again, I really believe that if you want to maximize your opportunities during job search, um, you should sort of keep applying to a lot more companies. Um, right. so so yeah, I think about 15, 16 companies in the end sort of uh, reached back. Gotcha. And then I mean, my third question was going to be how many rejections did you get? But I guess you kind of answered it. Out of 115 got back and then right. you interviewed right. with them. Uh, and then yeah. I guess some of them converted. I think if you count, I think the 85 of those were rejections. I would count them as rejections. So I would sort of advise people out there to not, you know, not fret about are not getting through because you your mailbox will be full of companies you know with rejection letters yeah uh, so let let that not be uh, an impediment to your job search yeah and so now i want to get you know before we i mean this is very very helpful Atif, because i think it it sets the stage really well that this is something right. which will take time it's not like your regular you know either a large tech company recruiting or consulting recruiting where it's very very structured and there's a straightforward process right like you have to do all sorts of things in order Absolutely. to get a startup interested in you so uh, before we dive further in, can you tell us a little bit about your background? So you started recruiting while you were at Kellogg, but before right. Kellogg, what were you doing? Sure. So for the listeners out there, I uh, graduated this year from Kellogg School of Management with an MBA. I did the one why with the one year uh, MBA program. Um, it was a pretty interesting experience. I sort of tailored my education towards uh, entrepreneurship and startups. And learned a lot. So, um, so that's the story about my MBA. Prior to my MBA, I was, I had experience in sales and engineering. My latest job was with Amazon back in India, sort of helping them scale their third party marketplace business. Um, I was helping third party sellers sort of succeed on the Amazon platform in India. And, uh, I really enjoyed being in a fast paced, 
operational or week on week environment like sales i also spent quite a bit of time in retail prior to that i was with a german wholesaler called metro cash and carry um again in sales sort of driving owning and driving a pnl for the consumer beverages category and i started my career as an engineer interestingly and i was with accenture this was way before the cloud era i was sort of building uh, traditional erp systems for large cpg clients like png to sum it up i guess i have an interesting mix of experience uh, both as, as an engineer as well as a sales guy gotcha so you would do you have an engineering background and then you were doing you were working as an engineer then in sales at amazon and then you came here for your mba to the us and then right. you decided to recruit for startup so you were doing a one year mba program um, right can you tell us why did you decide to get into startups why not go back to a you know a larger company or you know go to something like consulting um interesting question i think three reasons predominantly uh one is all due credits to kellogg their curriculum was pretty entrepreneurship driven um and uh, it gave me a chance to sort of intern with a startup even during a one year mba program which i found was quite quite fascinating hmm. so we had great faculties uh, a lot of resources in the area of entrepreneurship i guess i have my school to thank for uh, in that regards i also sort of got to experience the startup culture pretty closely during my internship at allbirds it's a startup in the bay area again for people who do not know a lot about allbirds it's a shoe company interestingly but it exposed me uh, to the workings of a startup i saw the kind of impact a small group of people can really make in the world uh and that also motivated me towards pursuing a career in a startup right and i guess uh the biggest motivation for me was i someday sort of want to start a company of my own and so understanding how work happens in a smaller company definitely i think will help me towards that goal got it yeah no this is very helpful so and i i'm familiar with allbirds is that woolen shoe company i i think a lot of people in silicon valley are wearing all birds right. these days right um, i think it's a, it's a darling of the of the bay area right now you see a lot of vcs and tech people wearing that brand yeah so uh, so you were you got curious about startups because also you want to start your own company and so decided to right. intern with a startup while you were doing your mba enjoyed it uh-huh. and so decided yeah. to recruit for startups full time so mm-hmm. my other question for you is that uh, you in specifically were recruiting for a product management role right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. how uh, you don't have prior product management experience you were in sales so mm-hmm. why product management and yeah why product management um I think it this goes back to my fascination with product management during my time at Amazon. So Amazon is this uh, big company where you get to uh, work cross functionally with a lot of uh, with, with a lot of uh, functions and I think that's when I got introduced to the function of product management. So essentially I was in sales at Amazon and I saw these product managers building incredible products, talking to customers. and sort of going about their day-to-day decisions strategically uh, and were pretty quant driven uh, i i i think the combination of all those things uh, really appealed to me i think uh, product management is at the center is at the heart of uh, any technology company mm-hmm. and i guess that's the reason why i got attracted to that to that function 
Right. Yeah, no, it's true that product management uh, is definitely at the heart of the company along with engineering. So you get a lot of ownership right. if you're a PM. Um, mm-hmm. So then let's, let's talk about your startup recruiting journey. Mm-hmm. Walk us through the stages that you went through. So my first question is, how did you select which startups to apply mm-hmm. for? Right. Um, so I think I've learned a bit or two about startup recruiting in my um, in my journey. And I'd like to share an interesting finding, right? Hmm. During an MBA, your career center sort of talks about the holy trifecta of a career switch, uh, which is a career switch around three aspects, uh, which is uh, location. The other one is profile. And the other one is the industry, right? I think it's very important that you not pivot around all three of them because it's very difficult to sort of land a job um, doing that. Uh, what I figured out was, in my case, I was pivoting around location. I was changing my location from India to US and I was transitioning from a sales role to a product role. So it was pretty important that I had some experience in the industry. So I applied that filter of uh, talking to startups which were in the e-commerce space, right? Um, so that helps a lot. Uh, I think prior industry knowledge, in my case, was a big selection criteria for me. Interesting, um, yeah. Yeah, that's actually a very, very helpful framework. And uh, so basically what you're saying is that it's hard to change location, function, and your industry all at the same time. So right. even if you can keep one consistent, you're bringing in some prior knowledge of one of these three things from like, right. already. So then it makes changing a little bit easier. Right. Um, so I think that that was a big uh, selection criteria. Huh. Uh, the other one was I was specifically looking for companies in the Bay Area because my wife lives here and that was an important personal decision. Huh. I think my triangulated strategy of attacking this problem was I had uh, these two big criteria, right? Overriding criteria, which was startups, at least Series B uh, in the Bay Area in the e-commerce sector. Got it. Um yeah, I was going to ask you about the stage of the company. So why Series B? Um, right. So I think we had a lot of, uh, you know, it's by virtue of being an MBA, you sort of uh, get to learn the inner workings of a VC company, of companies which have taken funding in the past. So I was pretty clear that going into a Series D, Series E company, again, would be sort of similar to, uh, again, going to big tech, for example. And I wanted that experience where I can scale my career along with the company itself, uh, contribute to the growth as well as uh, sort of grow along with the company. So it was pretty important for me to be in early stages, but at the same time, not as early as a seed or a series A, right? Because then uh, the kind of issues they grapple with don't necessarily require an MBA skill set. Can you? Um, I think scaling is a pretty important aspect of startup function when they sort of cross series p series c so i think i was sort of looking at those stages that's very interesting yeah so i was going to ask you that's what i was uh that you know why not if you were looking at an early stage company why not consider something like a seed stage company or a series a stage company but what you're saying is that that given your MBA skill set, which tends to be more managerial, more of a management kind of thing, right. that skill set is much more applicable once you're yeah. at the Series B level or maybe a Series C level. Whereas earlier, yeah. maybe it's much more about engineering and, and sales right. and those kind of functions, right? 
Right. I think, I guess so, because typically when startups sort of uh, begin their funding journey, they are concerned with uh, bringing the minimum viable product to life. Uh, They're hiring for engineering. So I don't think product management or a formal uh, product strategy roles are what they hire for at that earlier stage. Right, right. Very interesting. Okay. So then, uh, all right, so you have your criteria, Series B, e-commerce industry and in Bay Area. So mm-hmm. then uh, now how did you go around finding companies? Right. Um, I think a few online resources helped me a lot. Your listeners can, I think, maybe already know about them, but Crunchbase um, is definitely a robust resource to locate companies which have got funded recently and then sort of map that company, take that, uh, take those names of the companies and then search for jobs either on LinkedIn or Indeed or AngelList, for example, and then figure out uh, which of those companies are hiring and uh, if they're hiring for the role that you are interested in. I see. Okay. So you would you would first create sort of a short list of companies on Crunchbase and then see if they have any job openings on Indeed or AngelList or LinkedIn. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think AngelList itself is a complete 360 guide uh, mm. for startup recruiting. So I think people can as well, you know, log on to AngelList and look at uh, a list of companies, you know, hiring for any role that they want. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think AngelList is a pretty good resource. Um, mm-hmm. And then did you just did you just go ahead and apply or did you do any kind of due diligence on these companies? Right. So I think in terms of due diligence, it's pretty important. It's a very important thing to do when you're recruiting with startups because not a lot of startups are genuine. Um, so it serves you well if you can go through Crunchbase, look at VCs, reputable VCs, look at uh, where they're getting their money from, try to identify if you know friends, if you have friends, or if you have, if you know people in those companies, uh, try to talk to them, figure out at what stage the company is at to find out if they are sort of worth your time. Hmm. This is interesting. I mean, can you have a Series B funded startup that is not genuine? Um, in my experience, I did talk to a lot of companies with, and the whole experience felt as if they're the sort of companies I don't want to get associated with. Because a lot of companies operate with very different philosophies. It's it's pretty important in my experience to find a company whose long-term view aligns with yours. I found there are some startups in the Bay Area which are more focused on making a buck today. Uh, and that really is not the kind of company that I want to associate myself with. Um, I see. Okay. And, to that, okay. and to that, I think, and uh, Glassdoor is a pretty important resource because you can get qualitative feedback about the culture, about employee experiences in general which i think is very valuable if, if you had to think about like the top three things that you were looking for when doing mm-hmm. your due diligence on a startup what would they be i think definitely look at glassdoor first because you get first-hand real-time employee data which is more important than any other resource available out there secondly leverage uh, Crunchbase or AngelList and try to see where the money is coming from uh, into these companies. Um, and so if they are funded by reputable VCs, that's a, a positive sign. The third thing I think is uh, your connections or connections of connections who work at those companies. So try to schedule a short chat or 
mail them and try to find out if if the company fits your bill got it got it. yeah that's helpful so you did your due diligence and then that's how you sort of figured out that okay these are the companies that i would be okay joining um mm-hmm. how did you then apply right so uh, with respect to applications right everyone would sort of go ahead and and make that application i think what helped or also helped my cause uh, with respect to startup recruiting was i worked backwards and tried to find out recruiters at these at these startups uh, i think startups by virtue allow you to do that because there are not a, not a ton of employees there i think reach out to recruiters over linkedin or the hiring managers and just talk about brief two line message about your candidature right uh, i think that makes a ton of a difference so do the application but also simultaneously just drop a message to one of the recruiters or the hiring managers about why you're interested in that role i see okay so so it's almost like a two step process so one you would apply on their website mm-hmm. uh, but then instead of just like letting it be there and and then just waiting to hear back from them you would also send a message on linkedin to either the right. recruiter or the hiring manager or like someone at the company correct so that helped me and i'm guessing it could work for uh, a lot of people out there as well because the, co- the cover letter aspect in startup recruiting is non-existent almost because all of them use a similar software mm-hmm. greenhouse in recruiting and that just takes your resume right so there's not a lot of lot of scope in conveying your qualitative message about recruiting so i definitely advise people to sort of go into linkedin i think it takes about 2 minutes if you have a linkedin subscription but just drop a line or two to the recruiter yeah so uh, this is very very interesting because uh, i you know i i am curious about exactly what are the components of a good application so it right. seems that a you're only sending in your resume uh, cover letter is mm-hmm. not even an option in a lot of these startup applications and then two you're dropping this message so can you tell us a little bit about what is what are you writing in that message right um i think be pretty uh, precise cuz um these guys don't have a ton of time to go through longish messages so i would start with my current state uh, talk about me pursuing my mba you know mention a line about uh, how i heard about the startup so in my case i came across narwar when i was ordering something through bobby parker and when i saw the website i it really blew my mind uh, and what i did was i mentioned that in my in my mm. uh in my message uh and then in briefly in in a sentence talk about what skills you have that can help you get an interview right so in my case uh, i spoke about my sales and engineering experience which can eventually help me land land a product role got it um, got it so i guess keep it pretty simple but centered around those three essential points so uh i want to dig a little bit deeper into that because i think uh, you're also calling out uh, how you were also transitioning from a sales role into a product management role right so mm-hmm. uh, when you said that you mentioned skills that would help you in a product right. management role and you drew upon the things that you'd done in the past can you talk about that that what skills did you mention uh right so i think uh product management for example is i think it's an area which requires you to be good with customers and which also requires you to be um um i think uh, familiar with how engineers function so i i was drawing in on my experience of talking to customers 
gathering requirements or also talking about uh, what I help build at Accenture, right? So that g- really gives them an idea about the skills that you have that are in line with uh, with the role that you're applying for. I see. Okay. You can also talk about projects in the past that you've done, which align to uh, the job that you're applying towards. So for example, in my role at, X- at Amazon, I was, uh, uh, my official title was account manager, but I did interact and engage with a lot of product folks in developing a lot of tools for our sellers. So I spoke about that too, in some cases. Hmm, I see. Yeah, this is very good. So you sort of looked at what skills a product manager needs and drew upon things that you've done in the past, which reflected those skills. Right. So, um, yeah, and, you know, it's it's sort of interesting that uh, it doesn't look like you did too much to really sort of impress a startup from the get-go because some of the things that I've heard is that a lot of startups, what they're looking for is that, you know, a candidate sort of... Um, we actually had someone on the podcast, uh, founder of uh, Full Stack Academy. It's a Series B-funded startup, and they hired mm-hmm. someone for marketing. And uh, that person, when they when she applied... She sent, she, she sort of looked at all the marketing material that Fullstack had online and she sent mm-hmm. suggestions for how they could improve it. And that really right. caught their attention. So I've heard stories of people really going out of their way to yeah. to, to illustrate just how interested they are in, and that they really get the company. Right. So as I spoke a little while ago, uh, my focus in terms of getting an interview was all about scale. Um, hmm. I was trying to reach out to as many companies as possible. But what you just said is very important. And I did just that during the later stages of the interview. So for example, at Narvar, I, they did not ask me to come prepared with anything at, uh, during one of the on-sites. But I did take a presentation deck on how I could improve their one of their products, uh, which is in the customer return space. So I really worked on a robust plan for scaling that product, but that happened at a at a very later stage during the process. I see. Okay, this is really good to know. So, so your strategy was sort of like a two part strategy. So initially, to get the interview, it was more about scale. Like you know, let me apply to as many companies as possible that fit my criteria. But right. then once you got the interview and you were at the on site stage, you developed these. Like you really did a lot of research and put put in the time to put together presentations on on how you could improve the company's product. Absolutely, right. Uh, and when you think about it, it's very important to be, you know, really prepared and really out there with startups because unlike a big company, they're really impressed if you uh, sort of know a thing or two about, about them in intimate details. So really be prepared and... Uh, you know, go that extra mile uh, in terms of uh, impressing startups. I think some people do it pretty early. Uh, in my case, I did it during the later stages of the process, but but do do it. Right. right? How much time did you spend in putting together that deck? Um, so I, I think I took about three days. Um, wow. yeah. I had my on-site schedule the week after, and I thought, you know, uh, it's better if I, instead of just going there and speaking about it, why not I make a robust MBA plan, uh, and then and then offer them real suggestions uh, based on my uh, discussions with with people so far. Very good, yeah. And so, did you do this for all the companies that you uh, got an on-site call for? Yeah, most companies. So 
I think that was my strategy. It's very important with startups to go that extra mile uh, and really impress them. So I did that for most of my most of my calls. Right. So I also want to understand the interview process a little bit. Can you tell us, you know, either for Narvar, you know, like typically for a Series B funded startup, what is the interview process like? <laughs> so I think uh, it's pretty long. Uh, so don't be surprised to to learn that and uh, sort of, uh, you know, taper down your level of enthusiasm as it goes along. Uh, I think it it's really in fashion to really wet employees these days. So I spend anywhere between three to six weeks, depending on the kind of startup, but it does take a long time. Um, so what happens in those three to six weeks, right? Uh, it typically begins with a couple of phone screens, and that itself might take a week or a week and a half. And if they like you, then they call you on site. And um, in most of my experiences, I had multiple on sites. Um, so, for example, in the case of Narwar, I went there and I met the product team during my first visit. And post that, they wanted to talk further. And the second visit, I met with the CEO, founder, and then the CTO. So it was a longish process. Uh, and that was true for most of the companies that I applied for. I see. And did they make you do any projects or like work with them in the office for a while before they extended the offer? Uh, I would say not because hmm. um, it was a full-time recruiting process. So it was typically just interviews, right? Yeah. And unlike engineering, I, I guess um, engineers who are looking for, for roles in the Bay Area might get a project or two, but I don't think so for for MBA recruiting. I see. Okay. And generally, how would you classify the question? So is it your regular sort of trying to assess your product sense and then your leadership skills? Like, How would you say, what skills do you think bulk of the questions were trying to test for? So yeah, I think the startups tend to focus a lot on on fit. So um, I had a lot of why questions. Uh, so why do you want to join us? Why this role? Uh, why now? Uh, so be really prepared uh, with the really important part. I think be very insightful with your answers. Talk to people beforehand, do a lot of online research, but really have robust, impactful, and relevant answers to those questions. You also sort of tend to get a lot of interesting questions. So in my case, for example, I'd love to talk about an instance where the hiring manager asked me about a belief that I held in the past, which I no longer believed, right? And <laughs> yeah. and why did I, and how did I go about adjusting my belief system? I think questions like that are pretty common with respect to startups. So you cannot prepare for those questions, but I guess it, it gets very interesting when the discussion yeah. sort of happens in, yeah. on, along those dimensions. Yeah, I've heard. I mean, there are a couple of questions. I think there's a, there's a question which I've heard Peter Thiel made very famous that what's one thing that you believe that no one right. else believes? Uh, so, Absolutely. So what was, if you don't mind sharing, what was your answer to the question that you were asked that uh, something that you've changed your belief on? Right. So it was a pretty personal um, aspect of my life. What I spoke about was around my whole uh, belief system in a single God. Uh, I spoke about how I was brought up in a very conservative uh, Muslim household 
and how I went about uh, adjusting that belief system depending on my inclination towards science, depending on my interactions with with people, depending on what I watched on TV. So I'm a big Carl Sagan f- fan mm-hmm. uh, and really into uh, the space stuff, uh, the universe and humanity. So I think I was able to draw on a lot of those points and speak to speak to the question. I see. Okay. Yeah. Very good. So I think we've covered a big part of the recruiting process. And so, you know, you go through your interviews and then you get an offer. What was the, how, how would you, I'm guessing for a series B startup also, your, your offer has a salary component and then an equity component, correct? Right, right. So how would you evaluate, how did you evaluate the offers that you were getting? Um, yes, that's a pretty interesting uh, question. And uh, when you sort of have an MBA, there are definitely lower limits below which uh, you cannot go um, since you have a ton of loan to repay. Uh, so I just looking upon online resources, um, I think Glassdoor is a pretty good measure of, um, of median paychecks. So I really, when I was recruiting for product manager, I had a good idea about what the median pay packages were for that role uh, in the Bay Area, right? Yeah. Um, secondly, I think I also had resources in terms of placement reports from my school, uh, which really spelled out in detail the base packages, the equity component, the joining bonus, the relocation bonus, depending on location. So I think that gave me a pretty nice picture of, of salaries out there. Got it. So if you don't mind sharing, you don't have to share your salary, but generally for a, you were recruiting for a, an entry-level PM role or like a senior PM, how would you describe the role that you were looking at? Uh, definitely entry-level, right? Because yeah. I have no prior experience. Right. Um, so I was not recruiting for a senior product manager position. I was doing doing it for product manager. Right. And what was the median pay package for someone with your profile? Sure. Uh, I think it's a combination of factors. Uh, if you're looking at uh, looking for roles in in the Bay Area, starting salary could be the base package could be anywhere between one twenty five to one thirty five, mm-hmm. and that's for entry level. And on top of that, you can have joining bonus, you can have equity, you can have relocation bonus. But I think that's um, the base. Yeah, roughly that's that's how how much um, any online resource will tell you. So that's the base for an entry level PM in in right. Bay Area. Assuming it's a Series B funded startup, of course, like a, a smaller company might not even be able to pay you above hundred k. Um, right. And then, what equity can be expected? Sure. Um, so I think AngelList is a good resource in this in this um, in this aspect because all the jobs that are posted on that website usually come with a percentage equity that can be expected hmm. um, right on the job listing, right? So I use that pretty intensively. Uh, so for Series B, it's anywhere between 005 to 0.1% um, of the total outstanding shares of that company. Got it, got it. So uh, when you got your offers, did you negotiate your offer? Absolutely. Um, I think... With respect to negotiations, I would again sort of go back on my on my learning of engaging with the right company in the first place. 
because I've heard from my friends um, about their experiences in engaging with startups, to start with, they lowball their mm. uh, original salary figures. Mm. So I think stay mindful of that fact. I think engage with the reputable companies, uh, companies who have you know investors that you know about. That really helps set the bar in terms of uh, uh, negotiation. Right. Yeah. So, but if you don't mind sharing, like, what kind of strategies would you use? I mean, I think now everyone sort of knows that you you should negotiate, even if you're happy with your offer, you should still negotiate because right. you know companies expect you to negotiate. Uh, right. What what kind of tactics did you use? What I would say is, I think it starts with your belief in yourself. Don't get desperate once the offer is made. I guess I've seen this uh, in my friend circles a lot. People out of school waiting for a job. It's really, I think, easy and uh, attractive for them to agree to whatever is being said to them at the, on the first go. But these companies are used to a long, drawn-out negotiation process. For instance, in my case, I think we negotiated for over a week. There will be multiple back and forths. And so it's pretty important to start with the goal in mind. I think any negotiation, that's, that's the negotiation 101. It's also important to have uh, I guess two figures in your mind. One would be uh, the goal that you're targeting towards, but the other is also a figure below which you wouldn't go, uh, whatever the case may be. So I guess having those two numbers in your mind before you begin negotiation is pretty important. Hmm. I think secondly, people really place a lot of importance on going first with respect to you know speaking out a number. I really didn't thought so. Uh, I think in my case, I let the employer first come out with a number. And most often than not, uh, the number may surprise you mm-hmm. positively. So I would really sort of suggest people coming out of school to it's okay to not make the first offer, as long as the company that you're dealing with is, you know, is a respectable startup, right? So gotcha, gotcha. And when you were negotiating, did you have some thought process behind whether you should ask for more salary or more equity. Right. Um, I think I'd go back to the advice of one of our very wise professors at, at Kellogg uh, who said that you know 90% of the startups fail, right? So your stock options don't really mean anything in most cases. I think you it's okay to be to have that view and be positively surprised when they really sort of amount to something later in uh, during your career. But I think always assume that a lot of times these things would end up not working out and have that view while you're negotiating your base pay, right? Because base pay is real hard cash, which you end up getting today. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you ask me, in my experience, I, I was placing more importance towards my base and my bonus than on on the equity portion got it yeah that's helpful okay mm-hmm. so now that you've gone through this entire process first of all do you think you know in hindsight there are things that you could have done differently right so remember i spoke about how i started recruiting in in january i felt that i i think i might have utilized my time uh, in non-optimal way by going to a lot of networking events attending a lot of conferences because I really believe that they don't add a ton of value in terms of getting jobs. I mean, they might enhance your knowledge. They might get you introductions. But uh, at the end, uh, it really comes down to getting the right ROI on your time. So if I were to do something pretty early on, it would have been to 
have the approach of applying to a lot of companies pretty early on in my job search process. Mm-hmm. I think um, second learning is my internship sort of helped me a lot. And so for people who can intern, it's always advisable to go ahead with the internship, even if it doesn't pay you anything. And if the internship is not possible, then I guess uh, doing projects, doing uh, ad hoc work for these companies um, is also advisable. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's good. And it's good that you bring it up because that's one of the things that LED is trying to do, where we're trying to source yeah. projects from startups. Sure. I th- go ahead. Uh, uh, go ahead. I was just saying that, yeah, that's what we're trying to do because I think that's a good way to get acquainted with startups because that's what they are trying to see that you can actually do good work for them. Absolutely, right. So um, a lot of my friends were able to do that after they graduated. And I really think that helps um, you get your foot in the door. And then and then it's very easy to sort of um, get a shortlist and then convert an interview if you've really shown them uh, your work. Mm-hmm. So I, I really think that's the right direction that you guys are going in. Yeah. And uh, another thing which I'm curious about is that did having an MBA... Did that affect the entire process in any way, either positively or negatively? Um, so I've tried to compare my my number of calls, if you will, um, uh, with my peers who don't have an MBA. Uh, and it's a clear indication that I get called a lot more often and from well-known companies, given that I have an MBA from, from a top school, right? Hmm. So I would definitely say that having an MBA puts you on the shortlisting radar, if you will. And what happens after that depends on your skills and and on your knowledge. Mm -hmm. But having an MBA definitely puts you on top of that application pile. Got it. No, this is actually very good to hear because uh, there are a lot of stories floating around about how an MBA can be viewed negatively by a lot of startups because MBA is considered to be sort of like the superfluous degree that doesn't add a lot of value, right. especially in the eye of engineers. Right. Uh, and I think that's, that's okay. Um, there are some startups which really value uh, you know, building things, uh, like a function, uh, like engineering, for example. And then there are startups who realize the value of an MBA. So in a job search, you'll face both of those kinds of employers. I think I, I was okay with the fact, I was okay with not applying to companies which had a clear focus on on it engineering as such. Right. And I, I think it also depends a lot on the stage of the company. Uh, I think if you're applying Absolutely. at like a seed stage or something, they'll probably not be interested. But at a series B stage, I think it probably changes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So uh, you've mentioned a lot of resources already. Is there anything else you'd like to recommend to candidates, you know, things that they can do to prepare for interviews? Actually, I, I didn't ask you, you, you did mention that for interview prep, you spoke to a lot of people at the company to get a sense of what's going on. But, uh, you know, what about preparing for, you know, PM specific questions and things like that? Right. Um, so I found a couple of books pretty interesting. The book that I sort of heavily relied on was How to Crack the PM Interview. I think the author is Gail McDowell. That's a pretty solid resource if you're if you're looking for general ideas around product management, the questions that they'll ask you, and stuff like that. Also, interestingly, I found this uh, Product Hunt's book online about how to build a career in tech, which not just speaks about product management, but also about a lot of other uh, profiles in general. So if you want to break into customer success, if you want to break into uh, business operations, if you want to 
sort of get recruited as one of the founders of an early stage company. Uh, I think that book has um, all of those things uh, in there. So Product Hunts, How to Build a Career in Tech is another good resource. Yeah, that's a, that sounds like a very, very interesting resource. I'm going to check it out. Okay. Right. And after I learned about LED, definitely uh, <laughs> sort of, uh, uh, I think your podcast is, is doing that job pretty well in terms of just covering uh, the breadth of roles that are possible in today's uh, tech landscape, right? Yeah, of, of so, course, I agree that yeah. LED is a great resource. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Well, thank you so much, Atif. This was really, really helpful. I think you gave a lot of very actionable and very specific insights into what the process was like. So I'm sure a lot of people will be able to take ideas from your journey and apply them sure. themselves. Thank you. It was a pleasure, Sonali. Thank you so much for having me on the show and wish your listeners good luck and all the best with their job search. Of course. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. All right, I hope you enjoyed the discussion. Just before you leave, do remember to sign up for our newsletter on our website, learneducatediscover.com, where we share updates on new episodes, a lot of career-oriented resources, and a lot of other inspiring stories and videos and podcasts that we find online. So do check it out at learneducatediscover.com. You'll also find the library of all the other podcasts that we've done in the past on the website. Of course, if you have any questions at all, or if you just want to say hello, you can always email us. Just drop us a mail at hello at learneducatediscover.com or tweet at us at LED underscore curator. That's LED underscore C-U-R-A-T-O-R. Of course, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash learneducatediscover or you can also subscribe to the podcast on either iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening and for your time. And until the next one, Bye-bye.